Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, and welcome back to The One Up Project. We've got another episode for you today, and I've got Bex on board from Chaos and Harmony to um, speak about her business, which I'm very excited about. So, hi Bex, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. That's okay. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be good. Thank you for coming on. I know times are a bit hectic at the moment with, like you're saying, kids and everything. Yeah, for sure. It's a a fairly unique uh, situation that we're all in at the moment. So, 100%. So, I guess, firstly, we'll get you to explain what you do on a day-to-day with Chaos and Harmony. Yeah, well, you know, my particular job as a, a director, a managing director, is, is, um, varies quite a lot. I go through sort of different cycles in a season, uh, from anything from designing shoes to uh, that sort of um, production and marketing and sales uh, journey and overseeing that. Um, I don't necessarily do all that, but I just work with the team on that. And um, so from any one day, it can start with, either a really creative kind of perspective uh, working on designs or it can be really um, looking at like details and how we can improve sales and just ideas with the team. So it really varies depending on what we're doing within um, the this, this seasonal fashion cycle at Chaos and Harmony. That sounds really exciting. Do you enjoy sort of having a different day all the time and it always being different? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a projects-based person, so I like the idea of seeing um, an idea come to fruition and then sort of working that from start to finish as opposed to, you know, say your nine-to-five grind. In saying that, though, there's definitely um, definitely times where I'm just like, I just like those days where I can just tick tick the boxes and, and get things done. So I, I kind of sit in both both worlds. And um, as a as a managing director, you I, I need to be sort of have a a foot, so to speak, in many different places. And um, mm. so I do enjoy the variety, um, but I also love seeing momentum. So um, this is a great way to do that. And um, yeah, I guess let's talk about what Chaos and Harmony is, and where you guys are based, and what's it what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, Chaos and Harmony started as definitely definitely a dream you know like when I was in my early 20s I really had a fascination uh, for shoes but I just thought it was I just like to buy them (laughs) and um, I I would always buy my shoes overseas so then when I began to sort of explore what I was going to do for a career per se I sort of hadn't really found where I where I sort of really found my passion so I was just sort of exploring what I wanted to do with my life I, I looked at what um, what I could do with shoes, whether it was sort of through distribution, like bringing in brands and selling wholesaling out through throughout the country, um, but that didn't really fully satisfy me. So I did look into the, the idea of design and spent quite a bit of time sort of researching that and looking at what that would look like. And in the end, um, went decided to go to Italy with my husband and uh, study shoe and accessory design so it was it was quite a long process to get to that place but um, it was definitely a really foundation a real good foundation foundation to the brand and just how we operate and just our whole ethos and design and yeah so that's kind of how 
Chaos and Harmony came about. And then we're based in Mount Monganui in the Bay of Plenty, uh, which is a quite, I always laugh that we're here in like a real like coastal casual beach environment, mm. creating like shoes that are kind of like you would see in New York or London or, you know, sort of that, yeah. that real sort of high city paced um, environment. So I, I love I love that sort of juxtaposition and it kind of suits the brand too. So Yeah, I love your brand and I love your shoes. They're honestly beautiful. Thank and you. going to Italy for shoe and was it jewellery design you said? Accessory design. So we Accessory also design. like bags and actually hats. So um, wow. yeah, that was a really amazing, amazing experience. Like it was, it was really challenging. And at the time you always think, oh, this is, this is so hard, but it's, I've, I've drawn on that experience so much and it really um, helped me establish what I wanted for Chaos and Harmony and mm. to really give it a unique aesthetic and um, a really strong brand positioning. That's so cool. How did you even find out that you could go to Italy and do that? And was that a big decision for you to make? Was that a scary decision? I've always been the sort of person that I, I kind of start off going, oh, what if I could, and it sort of starts off as a question like that, what if I could, and then it's followed by something. And so I begin to explore things. I'm a real researcher and um, this was before sort of, you know, social media or anything like that. So this was 2006, I went to study in Italy. So I did my research. I, I was looking at a school also in the UK at a course, but um, this, the one that I was looking at in Italy sort of suited our, our sort of our calendar year and just, just the things that it had to offer um, worked for, for me better. Um, and so I just, I kind of go through the process of doing all these things and then I, I go, yeah, I think we can do this. And then often I'll get to the place, like I can remember getting our first night in Rome and going, oh my gosh, what have we done? You know, like we, we've got there, <laughs> yeah. I've just moved uh, my husband and I over the other side of the world. What have I done? Didn't speak the language, just like typical Kiwi, like she'll be right, get in there and and then I have this epiphany of like, what have I done? But I think sometimes that youthful naivety that you have kind of is the thing that drives you in like, I'll be okay, mm. I'll make it. Um, and I had nothing to lose. So that's kind of where that sort of drive came from. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. I think it's those, like that five seconds of courage to just make that decision and go and do it has changed your whole life essentially. Yeah, and I think there was at the time I remember thinking there's so many reasons not to do so many reasons to do this and and not enough not to. I've always been kind of like a person that I would regret that that oh, oh I wish I had done that. So I'd rather get into yeah. something, make a mess of it, and go oh I shouldn't have maybe done it that way, than go oh I should have I should have done that I missed that opportunity. And you've got kids. Were they around at this point or were they not there No, yet? no. It was just my husband and I and we sold our house and oh, wow. we put everything into it. And then so then when I got there, I was like, oh, wow, what have I done? But, yeah, as as the years have gone by, um, I mean, we I still refer to it uh, in terms of like when I think about design and when I think about inspiration and when I think of – how the Italians look at things. And um, so it's it's definitely one of those 
those experiences in life that that you that I'm so grateful for and and so glad that I did and and it's been really paramount to to what I do today. Yeah, that's amazing. And then so you finished your course and how did it turn from doing that in Italy to then starting your own business? The course that I did was for 12 months and it was really intensive and um, we had the opportunity to stay but and, and, and potentially work for some of the Italian brands. But um, two things that had happened, I was so burnt out from studying and just working really, really hard. And my Italian wasn't that great. <laughs> so it, it would have made life just that much harder. I could have studied, um, done some Italian courses, but I was so exhausted and so fried. So we just decided to come home and just figure out what our next move was. And it really took about six months to go, hang on, what what can I do with this now? And is is this, do, am I starting a brand? What, you know, what am I doing? And so um, sort of, yeah, about six months after that, I decided, okay, I think, I think there's an opportunity here. There was nothing on the, there was only one other brand on the market at the time and, and within New Zealand. And I knew that there was an opportunity in terms of um, the product, um, placement so I began to sort of create a business plan and sort of again all those what ifs what ifs and answering those Mm -hmm. and just kept pursuing those and then it it sort of formulated into a a reasonably um, interesting business plan and about 18 months later from when I left um, Italy is when we actually went um, you know so went into it and went with uh, found manufacturing got the brand going and then started selling uh, to wholesalers. So that was, that was super exciting. Um, wow. and it, but, but a long process, um, it, you know, mm. at the time it feels really long, but now that I look back on it, I think, oh no, I'm glad I had that time to just gather, gather the yeah. information that I didn't rush and, and do anything. And why that was so important was because when we started it was right uh, as the GFC hit, so that was an interesting um, starting point to to chaos and harmony. Yeah, that would have been. Mm. And and did you find that when you first started it, that made it difficult for you? And how was that experience? Again, I think you know, being an entrepreneur, you tend to be, uh, you know, everything's the glass is half full. So um, I I wasn't. It wasn't all doom and gloom to me. Uh, and I think something about starting in a recession and. This might be um, encouraging for some of your viewers is that when you start, when everything's down, you can only really go up. Um, mm. there, there was again, there wasn't anything, there wasn't a lot to lose, but we definitely had to sell ourselves really, really well and really um, push ourselves hard into the market. So mm. that was kind of like that shifted our our focus into more of the marketing side of things. So yeah, right. And then I guess now that we're entering. Um, probably another rocky business climate for mm. you. Do you feel a bit more confident going into it, having had that sort of experience with the GFC? Yeah, well, definitely. You know, we've and it's been. It's not just been that we've had definitely um, some times in our business life and just the cycle of business where we've had some hard patches, and that's just the reality of business. I, I think it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. So I, I felt um, probably quite prepared for this because I'm just like, oh, okay, this is what we do. We have to make these changes. We have to make these adjustments. We need to move to this posture. And so I've always had a business that is very agile and, and able to move really quickly. 
and I think that's that's really worked in our favour. So um, even though this season is unknown, we've we've we're doing the best we can to make uh, the most of the opportunities we have. And obviously, we've got a government that is, um, you know, working well uh, across across the board to meet the needs of business. And sure. so that that is definitely. Um, that's definitely an amazing thing to have, you know, for businesses. So, And you spoke about like marketing before and how you sort of had to use that when you first started and you have gained quite a big following online, especially for a shoe brand. I feel like you must be like what, quite a big one for a New Zealand business. And how do you find that's affected um, the business and, and having a following? What's that like for a shoe brand? Yeah. So uh, we, I, I love, the opportunity to have this this type of channel to communicate with people. I love the fact that we mm. can get close to people. So that's definitely been great. We love being able to go into our factory and to show everything that we do um, with our business there. And in fact, we've always done that on some level, um, but it's just obviously easier to do with um, you know Instagram and and just all all its abilities and and obviously Facebook as well. And so that's. That's been amazing. So we've just we've just lived our lives in a way that's been transparent, and then sharing that with the world, and just trying mm-hmm. to share knowledge that is helpful. Not just always selling stuff, but always just trying to share knowledge and share information. That's kind of where we've come from. I think a lot of brands I see that do well on social media, and you would be another example of this, are the ones that, like you say, share that genuine value and also add that personal touch because you pop on there a little bit, don't you? And yeah. just sort of say, yeah. Yeah, I've been on there a lot more, um, you know, recently. Just we sort of, you know, we we spoke to our audience and we were like, what, you know, what are the things you want to see? And I'm not exactly, uh, um, I, I would not think I was in the influencer type level, but yeah. <laughs> but I I love being able to connect with people too. That's something I really mm. really value. So I was like, hang on, don't don't think of it as this. Think of it as a connection point. So that's really helped me. Um, and so we've just been trying to, we just really want to help people. So like, it's, um, I'm always amazed, like people really like the practical aspect of being able to see, for example, shoes on your feet. So that's something simple that we've just, we've just done. And that's, that's been really engaging for people. Um, people love to see our factory. So whether it's myself or Haley, our ops manager, who's over in China, we we go into our factory. It's the same thing every time we go. It's the same people, but we always get huge, um, huge and huge uh, connection with people. You know, it's great. We yeah. get great feedback. Um, often, you know, when we've got stock arriving, we try try you know try and do behind the scenes and we're trying to get more of the team involved sometimes you're just so practically busy that you forget um yeah but but yeah we're definitely just trying to you know show more layers to the business as opposed to just trying to sell shoes because I just think that's it's boring you know so yeah yeah definitely and I think also when you show that um, behind the scenes um, type stuff online it develops that story for the person who's potentially buying the shoes and they then gain that emotional connection with the purchase which yeah. probably um, encourages them to keep coming back because they appreciate the people behind and they actually get to make that personal connection as you say yeah yeah and I think I, I 
we're so much more than shoes, you know, like for us as mm. a company, we, yes, we sell shoes, but that's, that's the end result of what we do. What we really love to do is to make women look good and feel amazing by being able to add to their style or what they're trying to achieve in terms of a look. So it might be that someone's trying to find shoes to, to wear to their friend's wedding and we want to help complement that. Um, we have a bridal collection, so we, we do a lot of work um, either uh, through online consultations or in, in our store or just chatting by messenger or whatever whatever way we're communicated with to help brides get that perfect look. You know, they, that's really, mm. really important for them. And so we just have that that um, expectation that we we want to make you feel the best that you can feel. And, I mean, we have a lot of customers that come into our store. When I say a lot, it is not uncommon for a customer to come in who is going through maybe a hard time or, um, you know, has a bereavement that they need to, um, you know, you know mm. go to. So we, we're really sensitive to what is happening on the other side of, of just trying to sell something. So, yeah, that's something yeah. I'm super passionate about and that's something that's, coming through more and more um, in terms of how we operate as a brand. And it's part of our, it aligns with our company values and yeah. So Mm, that's really nice. Uh, Mm. Like it's good that you as a brand can see the whole picture of, of what you're trying to do in a long-term sense rather than just a sale of a pair of shoes. Yeah. The sale is really the end result of everything else that we do. Um, Mm. And uh, you know, obviously you need sales to operate a business, but for me, I think the thing that has transformed so much since I've been in business is that I am a quite a holistic person. I look at the whole picture and I can't have part of the sales journey um, or the marketing journey or the production journey not, you know, be authentic to what we are doing and who we are. So everything has to sit right. Um, yeah. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Thank you. What what do you think is something that people should know if you could tell yourself something before you started Chaos and Harmony? What's something people should know before they go off and start their own business? I love the entrepreneurial spirit. Like I think there's something really amazing and beautiful about it. I would just love to see, because I do see this often when people contact me for advice or they, they want to be the next shoe designer, is like people can often look at us and go, I want to be that, but they don't understand all the work that goes into it. And so I would get as much advice, as much input as you possibly can and much as much help as you possibly can before you start anything. Um, Sometimes I see sort of people go in with a she'll be right sort of attitude. And to be honest, I did the same thing. So I recognize it. Um, but really you need to get that input. You need to get that financial perspective. You need, it has to be more than just a good idea. It has to have some, some legs to it. And, um, Mm. it has to be able to go the distance. You have to be solving a problem and you have to be kind of in a way making the world a better place. Um, it can't for sure like so much more today. It can't just be about money or, or like you know, fame, even through like just influencing, it can't be about that. It's just, it's just not going to have any substance. And I think right now we're at a, at a major crossroads for what has substance, you know, 
And I think that's really something to to grab a hold of and go, well, what sort of depth am I going to create here? Um, I mean, the other extreme is you can't be so, you know, like not not have the financial perspective that you're that you miss. You've got to have sort of both sides to it. So there needs to be the right. finance yeah, yeah, and there needs yeah. to be the heart. So if you're all heart and you don't have any, you know, good sort of grounded um, accounting sort of principles, it's not going to work. If you're all just about the profit and you don't have any substance, it's not going to work either. So it needs to have both. Mm-hmm. And when you are in in the day-to-day of chaos and harmony mm-hmm. and things get stressful, how do you handle that? Do you have any personal things that you do to handle stress and pressure while owning your own business? Because it would be obviously a big, I'm sure at times it has been a big pressure on you. Yeah, well, this week is definitely one of those real pressure yeah. weeks. Um <laughs> Do you know, the thing that I have done, and especially in the last few years, and this is, again, just, I think, being a little bit older and and figuring a little bit more out in life, is that you don't try and get rid of pressure when the pressure comes. You create an environment Mm -hmm. so that you can sustain pressure because it always comes. So for me, my daily ritual is, is... like I get up in the morning um, re- early before the rest of the family. Like I'm a person of faith, so I read my Bible and I pray and then I go to the gym and I have that time where I'm kind of like grounded. And yeah. then and then I can connect with my family and all the things that come at me because I know that I've got that, that grounding. So mm-hmm. you, you need to, whatever your um, thing is, you need to be able to consistently do that so that when the pressure comes, you have the ability to act and respond so that you're not just reacting to a situation. You've actually got the ability and the capacity to be able to bring your best to it. Yeah, completely. I think that's really, really good advice. Mm. Um, And keeping, like you say, you sort of keep that routine in the morning that grounds you and therefore you feel like you have, I guess, the strength in a way to take on whatever's coming at you in the day. Yeah, well, you don't let that just go and run a marathon without having done any training. So you're always Mm. in business (laughs) having to prepare yourself because it is always going to happen for when those, and it it can work in reverse, not just necessarily crisis, but say your business expands radically, you're going to need that same type of energy to sustain you. So you need Mm. to be able to have things outside of, I mean, obviously when you start a business, it's all on and you're doing everything, but there has to be something that you kind of have, whether you retreat once, you know, one part of the day and just go outside and just kind of, you know, be in the sunshine for half an hour and just kind of have those positive affirmations, whatever it is for you, you have to create Mm. that substance. Otherwise, when it comes to the, the crazy period of either crisis or expansion, you can't go either way because you just don't have it in you to go there. Thinking about just your your shoes in, in general now, where do you get your inspiration from? Because you spoke before about how we are at a crossroads with what has substance and I totally agree with you there and what is unique because things are coming out at us all the time mm. um, at such rapid pace. Where do you get your inspiration now? Yeah, so I get it from a variety of places, and like this was something that that I really uh, drew from my Italian experiences. Was it was about creating a collection that tells a story. So whenever we start a collection, we have like a um, a little bit of a theme or a story or an idea that we're trying to convey, and it has like an inspirational starting point. So we start with that, and then we start to sort of draw out 
all the, the ideas around it, the look and the feel, and then I start sort of drawing the shoes and then it goes through a full um, sort of refined period where it gets to quite a commercial level. So when I first start the collection, it was very creative and I try not to um, restrict myself. And then as it, as it definitely goes through the journey, it gets more and more refined. So like um, you'll find in our collection, there's some real pieces that people love and they think are amazing. And those are our real creative spotlight pieces. But typically in our um, market, we are quite safe. So there, mm. for example, in our winter collection, there's a lot of black boots because that's, that's what we love. So we tend to have uh, the real creative pieces and then your real basic good um, day everyday wear sort of shoes so that's kind of how we look at the collection and so different um, inspiration points could be a lot of uh, for me I love architecture I think if I didn't do shoes I would have done something to do with architecture I actually Mm. worked in interior design prior to starting shoe design so I have a real love for design aesthetic Um, sometimes it's culture sometimes it's an idea sometimes it's a point of view it'll be interesting to see what next winter's collection comes out because I'm actually supposed to be designing it at the moment but of course we're dealing with um, COVID-19 so this is going to be an interesting one Um, yeah yeah I think it would be in some some form as a response to this so yeah that's that's where we start we just don't start drawing a shoe and going oh should we make it this color there's there's always layers behind each shoe. Wow, that's really interesting to hear about. I feel like I've never um, talked to anyone about the sort of back-end process that comes with the creativity around designing a shoe. So it's really interesting. Yeah, and that just comes from what what I learned. The Italians were very, very passionate about communicating a story and about creating the future. Uh, when mm. I came into the New Zealand market, though, I couldn't um, probably create it that that sort of intense level like if you look at I mean they're dealing with sort of like the Gucci's and the Miu Miu's and the Prada's and uh, mm. Valentino so it's a very, real kind of real luxury level and an extreme level of design whereas you know we are you know our market is um, you know everyday woman that that uh, like either working and, and want to you know, create sort of a, a certain style. So we've just sort of created into that market, but we've still taken those same ideas and just applied it in a in a softer way. Yeah, that's really nice. And if you look across the, um, I guess, the journey of Chaos and Harmony, what would you say is one of your biggest achievements and, and where do you see the brand going towards the future? This season might even be our greatest achievement. You know, there's, there's a lot that yeah. all businesses are facing. Um, I mean, we've done so many great things, you know, like I'm really proud of what we've produced in our bridal collection. That's something that I feel really, um, you know, I look I look at that and I feel really proud. Um, mm. I'm extremely proud of my team. They're amazing people. And I, but I look at this season and I, I sort of think, man, this is a real time to refine ourselves, to really put a stamp on the ground of who you know who we are and where we're going so I kind of wonder if this the season however long it is could be our our um, greatest achievement so I guess we'll wait and see yeah our greatest That's achievement so cool. and our biggest challenge so <laughs> yeah well yeah sometimes I feel like those things can coincide exactly. <laughs> oh that's really awesome yeah it's going to be an interesting one seeing how I guess brands and different businesses react to the whole COVID-19 situation and um you seem to have a very calm and 
really nice approach towards the whole situation. So, yeah, I've definitely learned. I mean, I used to be a person that worried about a lot of things, and I, I, you know, I lived in anxiety, and mm. it's not a it's not a healthy place to live, and it doesn't actually serve anything very well. It doesn't do anything mm. for you. So you have to you have to take a look at that and go, well, what could I do instead? Um, be, and then operate from that point of view, and you'll find you'll get better results. Um, yeah. So that's that's why I've just tried to keep calm. And also, too, there's people around me that depend on me, and if I'm stressed, then that's going to create stress for them. So mm. I have just yeah kept calm. I've definitely had my moments. Don't don't you worry about that. <laughs> I think there's a natural process of grief for everyone in this um, because of how extremely um, vulnerable we are and how fast it's come about. So um, I definitely, and I allow myself to have those moments because that's just, that's just being a human. So yeah. Of course. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I couldn't agree with you more. So I guess wrapping up um, because time has just flown by, but um, (laughs) What is some advice that you would give to maybe some young people out there who are wanting to start their own business, but they're a little bit worried, especially, I guess, with the current climate and with um, markets being so saturated these days? What would you say to those people? Yeah, I'm definitely a a passionate believer of um, pursuing an opportunity. Like, don't just create something because everyone else is doing it. Mm. Um, That it, it just won't, it just won't go the distance and, as much as you love it and you believe in it, you really need to be play devil's advocate with yourself and go, if I was sitting on the other side, how would I, you know, how would I view this? So I think you really need to pursue something where there's an opportunity. So look for the gaps, go for the gaps. Yeah. Um, the That's- other thing I would say is you need to find a good balance between being um, courageous and stepping out but not completely naive and not doing your homework. So you need to talk to wise people, not necessarily just the people around you that will tell you what you want to hear. You need to go and get objective advice. I remember when I first started um, and I was gathering my information and I, before we went to China, I was trying to talk to people who manufactured in China. And I went and spoke to someone at the time and they were really, really negative about China and it left me feeling very, very um, undone. Mm. And so I gave myself a few days and then I went and spoke to someone else and they gave me a a little bit more constructive advice. And so what I had learned is that that person that had given me the the advice that had been negative was really self-projecting. They weren't being objective. So you really need to be careful about who you allow to see and speak into it so that they give you an objective mm. point of view as opposed to just their own experience. So that would be something I would really um, encourage people to do. And, yeah, be courageous. Um, look at look at what's happening. Speak to people who can sort of uh, – who are futurists and can kind of see ahead and go, mm, maybe wait a little while, and that's okay. I think if it's a good idea, it'll, it doesn't need to be thrown in straight away. I don't think you'll miss your opportunity. If it's if it's that one good idea, do you find that there's a lot of things that you did that you that now help you to give advice to other people? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I did some dumb things that I would never do again. <laughs> <laughs> and and part of I mean you're gonna do you're gonna do things like that and you'll learn fast. But I think there are definitely people who are created to be entrepreneurs, 
And as long as mm. they get that great advice, they can be the best that they can be. Well, thank you, Bex, for coming on. I really appreciated having you um, on the on the episode today. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. I love um, seeing people pursue the things that they're passionate about. So I'm really happy to contribute to this. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed hearing about it. And you've got a lot of value to share. So I'm glad that um, everyone will be able to listen to that because I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening thinking I've got this thing that I want to do, but there's no way I can do that. And you're a really good example of just having a passion and moving to Italy, moving back and just starting it and getting into it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's really kind. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening and have a good one. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project, and I'll catch you on the next one.